Hello and welcome to the Vexilogic Cast. From the home port of the Gazela, a fishing vessel turned goodwill ambassador that was built in Portugal in 1901, I'm Simon the Cannibal. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about the flag of Portugal. Before we get into that, however, might I encourage you to head on over to vexillogicast.com, that is V-E-X-I-L-L-O-G-I-C-A-S-T dot com, for more information and show notes, and to the subreddit r slash Simon the Cannibal, or the Facebook page, facebook.com slash vexillogicast, for discussion. A while ago, I came across a flag that was pretty simple. It was a white flag with five blue dots on it, made like an X, so it looked kind of like the number five side of a die. I said to myself, oh, that looks like it could be some sort of Portuguese naval flag, maybe a naval jack or something like that. And much to my surprise, I was spot on, if you'll excuse the pun. In fact, this flag was used by Portuguese merchants between the 15th and 17th centuries, and some variants have been used since then. In fact, a variant of it is currently the flag of the defense minister of Portugal and has been in use since 1952, which also should appear as the art for this episode. To get to how the Quina, and that is Q-U-I-N-A, which I've probably mispronounced, to get to how that flag came about, let me start at the beginning. According to legend, in 1095, Count Henry of Portugal had a shield. It was a silver shield with a blue leather cross across it. So, you know, a blue cross on white. There is some debate whether or not this was used later on as a flag or not. There is some debate whether or not the story is true or not. But the story stands at blue cross on white. And again, this is a leather cross on a metal shield, probably a silvered shield. When it was handed down to Count Henry's descendant, his descendant added some silver bezants. And these are, again, we're talking about a physical shield, so likely physical silver-headed nails that were nailed in on five places on that cross, a group in the center, and then a little group in the center of each arm. As this was, again, an actual shield and used in battle, according to legend, it got battle damaged. And it grew older, and leather isn't forever. So you began to see the leather wearing away from where the silver bezants were, and I'm assuming they were later cut into the little circular shapes. So now we have... Instead of a blue cross on a white flag, we see five little blue spot-like things with white spots inside them on a white flag. And this is actually what I had thought the Kina flag mentioned earlier was, but in fact the Kina flag is just a zoomed-in version of these uh, escutcheons and the Bezants, and I've pronounced both of those wrong, as is my tradition. In 1248, we see the first additive modification, and this is King Afonso III, who adds a red border to the flag. So now we have a red-bordered flag with these five blue shield-like things with each a group of 
silver dots on these blue shield things. In 1495, we have another major change to the flag by King Manuel I, and this is to change what used to be the entire flag, change it into its own shield, and put that on a flag. So now we have a white flag with a red bordered shield with a white inside with these five blue tiny shields with little white spots on the blue shield. And stuff was added to it. Stuff was changed about it. The dots were standardized. Uh, the dots were standardized to five. The red border gained golden castles. Whether the castle doors were open or closed depended on who was king. Crowns were added to the shield. Supporters were added to the shield. And notably, an armillary sphere, which I hope I pronounced that correctly, was added in the 1800s to represent Brazil and Portugal's overseas holdings. And of course, Brazil, when it was the capital of the Portuguese empire, or the United Kingdoms of Portugal, Brazil, and everywhere else they had. To go back one second, the armillary sphere is a spherical device used in maritime navigation. I'm not entirely sure how to describe it, except that it looks like a globe that somebody stripped away all the earth around it and just left the inside supports, plus a little bit. Our penultimate major change to the flag came during the reign of Queen Maria. There's a whole lot of stuff going on. The Portuguese capital moving to Brazil due to Napoleon's invasion. Brazilian independence a little bit later. So we see the Portuguese flag change the second to last time, and this is the flag brought on by Queen Maria in 1830. And this is a vertical bicolor, where a third closest to the hoist is blue, and the two-thirds closest to the fly is white. And then we have that whole bunch of stuff that we've built up over this episode that is the crown, the red border, the castles on the red border, the five escutcheons with the five white dots in the escutcheons, the whole deal is on this blue and white vertical bicolor. If you have that in your mind's eye and you have the current flag of Portugal in your mind's eye, you'll realize there's not too much of a step to what we now know as the flag of Portugal. In 1910, there was a Republican revolution. They wanted to throw out the monarchy of Portugal, or I should say, they threw out the monarchy of Portugal, and as such brought in a bunch of new institutions and new symbols of institutions, including the current green and red vertical bicolor that we associate with Portugal today. This flag is two-fifths green, and that's closest to the hoist, and three-fifths red, and that is closest to the fly, with a golden armillary sphere where these two colors meet. And on top of that, again, we have that red-bordered coat of arms with the seven castles, five blue escutcheons, and five white dots in each escutcheon. And so, to do something a little bit different, I want to read you word for word the, the meaning of the Portuguese flag 
from a website, worldflags101.com. The red section represents the Portuguese Revolution of 1910, and the green represents hope. The white shield consists of five blue shields with five white dots. The blue shields represent the first king of Portugal, Alfonso Henrique I's victory over five Moorish kings, and the divine assistance he received to do so is represented by the five dots, which symbolize the five wounds of Christ. And, sidebar, sometimes also add up to 30, which is the 30 pieces of silver that Judas was paid to betray Christ. Back to the quote, Arranged in a cross, the shields represent Christianity. The red border featuring seven castles symbolizes the extension of Portugal's territory to include the Algarve. Behind the arms, there is a navigational instrument, an armillary sphere. It celebrates Prince Henry the Navigator, who initiated the maritime exploration that led to Portugal's one-time colonial empire. So, we've got that, right? We've got the red, and in other places you'll find that the red means blood, the red means vigor, the red means the struggle of the people, the green means hope, the green means a verdant future. Again, we've got this white shield of purity. We've got the blue dots of, you know, Christianity, all this sort of stuff. How much of that is real? And the answer is, you've just heard the history coming up to this. How much do you think is real? And I just wanted to read that passage to underscore how much colors usually don't mean anything or are given meaning later on. So when you hear about the United States flag and the red is the blood of the patriots and the white is the purity of our faith and the blue is the honor of the sacrifice, that's stuff that people came up with way afterward. Originally, the white stripes were added because people had white cloth. As you guys well know, having already listened to the first episode of the Vexillogicast. In Portugal's case, the red and green are just the colors of the flag of the Portuguese Republican Party, who took their colors from a makeshift flag that was flown over a city hall in Porto in 1891 during an uprising there. When they won the 1910 revolution and changed all the symbols to match their political party's flag, they had to come up with some justification other than, we won, you lost, get over it. And so, of course, they tacked on this the blood of heroes kind of stuff. So that brings us the history of the changes of Portugal's flag, which again started as a blue cross, and they just kept adding things and subtracting things throughout its history. It was a perfectly good flag to begin with, this blue cross. It was a perfectly good flag after the first change where they added some little white dots to represent the silver nails that were put into this blue leather and just, you know, kind of got crazier from there. You can see a lot of the different variations of this flag in government offices, in other older Portuguese institutions where they might keep a bit here and there. For example, different government offices use, instead of green and red theme, they'll use a green and white theme. The white, of course, coming from the older monarchist flags. Speaking of other Portuguese flags, Portuguese vexillography 
is very interesting, especially when it comes to city flags. Most city flags follow a very similar pattern, and that is some sort of coat of arms for the city, and depending on the size of the city, there will be a crest above the shield, which either has three, four, or five castles in that crest, and that crest will either be on a blank background or on a background that is a gyrony. I'm, I'm not entirely sure how to say that word. G-Y-R-O-N-N-Y. And to quickly explain what that is, it looks kind of like a windmill. If you can imagine that a bicolor splits a flag in half, you can quarter that so it has, say, blue, white, white, blue. And then if you split that again so it has eight sections so it'd be you know white blue white blue white blue white blue and looks kind of like a windmill and then toss a coat of arms on top of that you basically have the different flags of the different portuguese cities i won't go into any of them specifically as they're all pretty complicated they all have the same crazy history of let's put this on that and add this to this but i will point out interestingly some of the flags of the Portuguese cities have purple in the flags, which is something you don't see. On one last note about irony, and just because I do love my puns, you'll notice I said, you know, if you split it in half, it's a bicolor. If you split it in quarters, it's quartered. If you split it in eight, it's a gyrony. If you split it in 16, it'd be also a gyrony. Um, a gyrony of eight or a gyrony of 16. So what do you do if you have a six? Well, it's called a bad gyrony. And in fact, is the coat of arms of a family called Malgairn? And I'm 100% certain I'm not saying that correct. But you can see how that kind of sounded like Malgairn. So bad gyron. So a gyrony of six. This guy's coat of arms is a... Eh, whatever. You got it. You're smart. Uh, <laughs> all right. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you're in the Philadelphia area, might I recommend you check out the Tall Ship Gazela and perhaps volunteer there, which I think I need to do on my own, but I keep not doing that. And if you're in the Philadelphia area on July 17th, might I recommend you come on down to the Free Library of Philadelphia at 7 p.m. on July 17th. 2017 for those of you who are in the future and listen to me give a talk entitled flags woven symbols of culture and history again that will be july 17th so 7 17 2017 7 p.m at the free library of philadelphia i will be giving a one-hour talk called flags woven symbols of culture and history all right thanks again for listening and as always Best wishes from the Vexillogicast.